when world you and left our world. What a voice. What a man. When he sings, God shows up. The glory of God come down in a marvelous way. We're going to turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew, praise God. And it's one of the most important studies I'll ever have taught you being in this city. My mind is 100% on this subject, so it behooves me to make sure I bring it to you. When the Lord impressed me, I need to respond to him. Because the coming of the Lord is near, we want to be qualified to be with him. We're going to turn to the book of Matthew, 22nd chapter, and reading verse 11 and 12. In fact, verse 9 says, Go ye therefore into the highways, as many as ye shall find, bid to the mares. That's what we will be doing this week, all week. Bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. When the king came in to see the guest, he saw there was a man which had not on the wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. You may be seated tonight. I want to talk to you about the wedding garment. The wedding garment. The wedding garment. I was fortunate to get married in 1975. I remember the, the year. I did not go in my work clothing. I didn't go in my coveralls. I did not show up in a bikini or a trunk or shorts. It was a very one special occasion that does not happen any other time in my lifetime unless there was a deceased and one remarry. Forces for me were still alive, so I have to worry about going through it again. But it was a one-time thing. It's a one-shot thing I've gone through. And uh, the people that came were all well-dressed, fancifully dressed. They all looked appropriate for the wedding. They looked. They came for a special occasion. 
I didn't tell them what to wear, but they came looking good. I was proud of my guest. I was proud of the the maids of honor and the the, the men that went with the, the, the party. Everything was beautifully laid out. And my wife was well-dressed for the occasion. So was I. And it's a time in my life I'll never forget. I still remember it. Got pictures to prove it didn't happen. Now, Jesus, who is God in the flesh, on earth, the only person that was ever born directly in the womb, he was conceived in the womb, the only baby that ever came through a virgin, the only individual that lived a sinless life up to age 33, the only person that died and came from the dead. Nobody else have done that. He's got a record on all of these features of humanity. And if we ever need an example or a model to follow, it makes sense to believe that Jesus is the way. He's the only way, not a way, the only way. And Jesus, as it is in the Old Testament, so it is in the New, God in sundry times speaks to us in diverse manner. Sometimes he uses allegories parables, metaphors, and any similitude that will best transmit the message that he wants us to have. And so God, in this situation here, is talking about the kingdom of heaven and the marriage of his son, in verse 2. Now I want you to notice here, he sent out the inviters, the, the, the ambassadors, and they came back, empty-handed, they told the king what went on, and he says, I'll be angry, go back and get anybody, everybody you found, and I don't care what condition you find them in, just bring them, bring them, invite them to their welcome, but when they come, they have to change, they're going to have to make some changes, I don't care how they come, who they are, but when they come in, into the kingdom of heaven, they've got to take what I provide for them. In verse 10 <coughs> to verse 13, this is another make-believe story. Jesus is telling us that all that came and answered must change into the garment suitable for the wedding. Now, obviously, a whole lot changed, and... One guy in particular chose not to make that change. He, for whatever reason, he did not do it. The master came, looked around on the guest, who was invited to the son's wedding, and looked around, and the first thing he spot was a misfit. Somebody that did not match the attire for the moment. And he said to the gatekeeper, just a minute, come here. How did that guy get in here? Well, you invited him. Yeah, but look, he hasn't got on the wedding garment. Now, here's God using a marriage, a wedding, a husband and a wife, yes, a normal human setting, to talk about 
heaven. And heaven's requirement for acceptance. And he said here, <coughs> this man did not want to put on what God required or the king required. And he was speechless. He had no defense. Because everybody else did it but except him. And the master says, hey, time up. Arrest him and cast him out into outer darkness where there's weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. The Lord did not say this man was a murderer. He just said he just would not conform to the dress code that God had required to be in this situation. Now, had he stayed in the world, he'd be okay. But the minute he came and said, I'm not going to change, and I will not put it on, he sat there, and for the last minute, he was not prepared, was not ready, was not clothed, and the Bible says God cast him into outer darkness, where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now, if you want to, you can sit down and judge God and figure, why would God do something like this? This is not right. And you can you can sit in judgment on God if you want to. But I being the clay and he being the potter, I'm not going to argue with the potter. It's his kingdom. It's his idea. It's not mine. It's for me to obey. Now, I want to talk to you tonight about we're called to be saints. We are called to be saints. And when God called you, he called us out of the world. Amen. He called us out of the world. And pray this way, we are not of the world. Amen. But we're kept in the world until he take us out of the world. But in terms of social status, we're not of this world. Now, I want to write some things before you go any further. A lot of people will tell you that they're not under the law. And that the law is done away with. And that's half truth. It's partially true. A lot of things that they did under Moses' law are not practiced today. And prior to Moses, there was no law except just a commandment. God told Adam and Eve, don't do this. Hello, there was no law. The law was given at Mount Sinai. Now, we're not under Moses' law, and that's absolutely true. But what portions of Moses' law are we not under? First of all, Moses had no law. It's the law of God. Moses simply told us what God told him to do. Now, you must learn this very quickly in the Bible. When you pick up this Bible, you must understand that when Jesus was on earth, there was no such written Bible called New Testament. It didn't exist. It was from Genesis to Malachi, and that's where the Bible stops, as we know it, as the Israelites know it, and still recognize only up to the book of Malachi. They stop right there. They do not accept Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
or Acts or Romans and the epistles and Revelation. They just don't accept that. To them, it's not of God. But we know in the Scripture <coughs> that they also rejected their Messiah as Jesus Christ. So to them, he was not their Messiah. And so his apostles to them were just false prophets or heretics. And we understand from Scripture that blindness in part happened to Israel. That's why they are in the position they're in. The 11th chapter of the book of Romans will tell you that. Now, what part of the Bible is no longer, amen, applicable? Here's how you learn how. Anything that was in the old and re-mentioned in the new mean it is still of force. If it was taught in the old and repeated in the new, it is of force. Yes. And the Bible is full of examples. You could not prove that Jesus is Messiah without the Old Testament. You could not prove Pentecost was valid without the book of Leviticus. You could not prove the need for a seed to come without Genesis. You can't even prove that sin is here without Genesis chapter 3. And Jesus made reference to the days of Noah, the days of Lot, the days of Jonah, and many other Old Testament sages. Meaning, whatever you understand about those people, it is still applicable today. He talked about Sodom and Gomorrah, the Queen of Sheba, Solomon, David, and all those things are still have meaning to us today. So if it's mentioned in the... For example, we're told very plainly, you don't need to keep a Sabbath any day today. We're told that very plainly. We're told that circumcision is not something we continue to do as Abraham did to his son. We're told that dietary eating is not for us today. We're told that very plainly. You can't go out there and stone anybody because it never was required in the New Testament. Hello? The Jews did it. It was illegal to do it. Jesus never endorsed it. Hello? And we can't go out there and fight with carnal weapons as they did in battles. You're not allowed to do that. There's no Ark of the Covenant for me to go to. There is no tabernacle plan for me to go up to and find all those furnitures there. It's just not done. Because it's not a requirement. I understand that. It's not a requirement. So what is required of the old? Now we're told we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. Prophets mean Old Testament prophets. They're the sages of the old and the apostles of the new. And all that stacked up on Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus said, search the scripture. Well, there was no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So he's talking about 
Genesis through Malachi. Right? Then one writer called Paul says, All scriptures, not some, all scriptures are given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine. So you cannot eliminate any part of the Bible because of culture or customs or preferences. You just cannot do that. Now, let me point some things out to you here on my little diagram here. In your Bible, you're going to see some metaphors or some examples in the Scripture. Please don't go expect Satan to be a serpent. He's not a snake. God called him a snake. He called the Pharisees vipers. Please, church, they're not they're crawling snakes. These are metaphors. Right? Notice in the old, Satan was called a serpent. In the New Testament, he's called a dragon. A transformation took place. Can you folks see that? He was first called a serpent. Now he's called a dragon, Revelation. Genesis, he's a serpent, and now he's a dragon, Revelation. The two end books describe him. But also in your Bible, we learn about a lady called Jezebel in about 780 B.C. before Christ. She's mentioned. She's dead, just like Noah is dead, just like Lot is dead. And we're still talking about in the days of Noah, Jonah. We're still recalling those times and applying them to our days. So God swinging over in our time and saying, if you know the events behind them, then you should know what he's talking about. Hello? And so, Jezebel is now mentioned in chapter 17 of Revelation and 18, and also in chapter 2 of Revelation. Same girl. Change over time. In other words, and they're influencing us. Noah's ark is influencing us. Jonah's death is influencing us in the whale's belly. Noah's day, Sodom's day, lost wife days. Jesus draw reference to them. So you can't tell me that's done away with. They have applications. They have object lessons that go beyond the event. But I'm extenuating message. In other words, it was for their day and of messages for our day. The 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians, you should read it. It is powerful. It's a reference to the Old Testament, and then the parallelism is drawn and said, do not do as they did. Don't say like they said. Otherwise, you're going to get exactly what they got. I mean, understand that. So, when you look at that, we can see, understand, when I read New Testament, I see Old Testament figures showing up like Jacob, like Sarah, like Abraham, like Noah. Hebrews chapter 11, list them all. Didn't miss one. Hello? And asking you to behave like they did. 
Now, now learn about Jezebel and being told not to behave like she did. We're told Adam wants to live. Praise not your daddy. Pray you have the second Adam. Eve, the mother of us all. Pray she don't remain your mother. How are we going to die twice? Hello? Get rid of him. Get rid of her. And take on the new Adam. Hello? Now, that's what I want to show you right there. And I may have another picture to show you here. If I, if I can find it. The drawing is out here. It's very good. When we take up the Bible, now I don't know why in Matthew 22 and verse 11 and 12, this man did not choose to put on the garment that was offered him. He just did not do it. It cost him his soul. He was cast in the outer darkness where there's gnashing of teeth. Now you can say that's spiritual. Well, gnashing my teeth, there's nothing spiritual about that. And out of the darkness is not a joke. It's real. There is a place called that. Hellfire is there. So that's not a joke. It's a serious affair. So it doesn't matter, hello, what condition God can find you in. Because he said, many are called, but few are chosen. Look at this. Every one of us know of the Bible standard. We're inexcusable. We know it's there. It's God's standard. We also know that we have another one called uh, personal. Right? Here is the personal right here. Conviction. Personal standards. Here's the biblical right here. Here's the personal right here. And then beyond that, you got the cultural, religious culture. Y your religion may not be the same as mine, and mine may not be as yours. But they have culture, and they have belief system. And then there is the world, the Hollywood standard, the media standard, that's out there. All those are cultures. They do class. They're not all of God. Now, when God comes, He's going to find all these here social culture, standards of belief, cultural standard of belief and customs. He'll find your and my personal belief and customs, and they'll be His. And He will hold you accountable to His. You can live all you want to the best you can, the culture of this world or your own, but it will not stand in his judgment. It will not stand up. And so, if you understand this, the man, he says, dress what you believe. He told not to put on the wedding garment, right? It's in his belief. 
and you believe what you attire. He did not believe he needed to change. Others did. And he said, I don't need to change because it was either his personal conviction or his religious conviction or it's a world view. But it sure was not the Bible view. It was not the biblical view. And I know he survived for a long time until the king showed up. Our big world is a big circle and we're all living what we think we believe or living our culture or living our personal conviction or living social values. But God is not without a witness. His culture is on earth. And when the books are open, Revelation, he will judge you by his word. Now, if that's true, my value for this church is that my job as a preacher, and if you're not a preacher, don't, don't seek to be one, because we're walking a knife edge here. If I teach you anything different than what the Bible standard wants, then I'm in trouble. I'm teaching you rebellion against divine authority. I'm teaching you lies. And all lies, liars, will end up in the lake of fire. And a lying lips is an abomination. So when a preacher, whether by omission or commission, doesn't preach the truth, even though he knows it, Now, truth may offend, not God, but personal, cultural, and the fashion of this world. But never offend God. Never does. Elijah's preaching didn't offend God. It offend Jezebel and everybody else, but not God. Micah's preaching offend everybody else except God. Now, the whole job of the church and ministry is the perfecting of the saints. He said, lift up a standard for the people. A standard is something you see. When I went to work at Suncor, they told me I couldn't wear no beard, no mustache, no sideburn, and they wouldn't let me on the site. I was in engineering, and guys came from the States with all these stuff on. They wanted to see me. They wanted to sell me stuff. They could not come on the site. That uh, shave or, or don't see me at all. But I wasn't going to go out there and see if they want to see me. And I heard some stories about some guy went back home. His kids saw him and were scared of him because didn't see him like that before. You know, he, wait, but to get on the site, he wanted to make a business deal. He had to do it. That's still the law today. It's still the way it is. And so there was no respect to a person's because a person's life depends on that standard. If there's, a, if there's an emergency going to put on a mask on or whatever the thing is and he doesn't have good ventilation he's going to be killed he's going to die so it's not just a mean spirited plan it's a life and death situation this man did not think the way he dressed before God was a life and death situation a hell and heaven issue he said no it wasn't and God said it is because he, he asked him how did he get in well it came like everybody else but he just didn't change. Just did not change. Now, 
We are told, as a preacher and saints, in 1 John 2.15, love not the world. Number one. What is the world? Their fashion. 1 Corinthians 7.31 says, and the fashion of the world passes away. It's not eternal. It's temporal. It passes away with generation. Revelation 18 verse 4. God said to his people, come out of her, my people. That same God says, come out of the world, my people. Is that right? 1 Corinthians eleven sixteen, concerning Christians attire. Paul says, the church of God have no such custom. So we know that there is the Bible standard. There's my personal conviction standard. There are religious standards. And there's the world social order. World view. Which one do we conform to? It depends on whether or not you call to be a saint or an ain't. <laughs> Which one do you want to be? All right? So we must understand that. And number two, we cannot say that it doesn't belong to us today. That was under the Old Testament. Because you can't prove speaking in tongues of God without mentioning the law. Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12, which Paul did. Paul always referred to the law to make it binding on the Christian. Have you received the Holy Ghost you believe? Well, how do I know how you believe? Because the law says you do this. Joel says you do this. And so the law... Not only tell me a few things, the law tells me all things. You can't say, man, I've sinned. You can't prove to me I've sinned if there is no law. The law defines sin. Are you with me? Now, so we're going to talk about some things here. The man didn't have all the garment. When I came to church, my life was not only changed internally, but externally. You join the army, you're going to change inside, outside. They'll break your spirit. Otherwise, you won't be there for long. You may even die out of the process, too. They'll take it to the limit. And then discharge dishonorably if you didn't pass the test. Right? Now, let's talk about my board for a while. How necessary are the teachings in the Bible applicable to us today? Some people tell me, and they pick on this book, for some reason they pick on this book, Deuteronomy. Some will pick on Leviticus and say, well, that's not for us today. The first five books of Moses. Without those first five books, the rest don't make any sense. Because they pre-exist Moses' time. And then in Moses' time they exist. And beyond Moses' time. Now, is Deuteronomy applicable today? Here's something that tells us. Because it's, it's a book where it repeats the laws of God. And sometimes elaborates the laws of God. Deuteronomy 6.4. 
Hero Israel, Lord our God is one Lord, one God. Is that still applicable? Come on now. Jeremy 5, the Ten Commandments are given. Is that still applicable? Jeremy 22, 5, God says, a man and a woman must show their differences by their dress code. Is that still applicable? So the man should not put on that which pertains to a woman and, and vice versa. Why did God do that? Because he's maintaining what he did in chapter 1 of Genesis. Male and female gender distinctiveness. When I was in the airport, my wife and I, this guy was a transvestite, changed into a woman, but he forgot to do one thing, put a dress on, and he sat there and watched the way, the way he fit his legs. You could tell he was the girl in the situation. And then he wants to go to the bathroom. You know where he, went, he wanted to go? To the ladies' bathroom. And he went in there and they chased him out. The women chased him out. They didn't recognize the knife that was put on him. And they showed him the symbol on the door. They said, don't you see that symbol on the door? They said, get out. They're all upset at him. Because the symbol on the door is a triangular shape, lower half of the, of the, the, the picture, I mean a dress, and the men are two legs. Very distinct. Now, just like I cannot go in the ladies' bathroom because of the symbol, nor can I go to heaven if I violate the symbol too of the gender. Because we see right here, the man was kicked out of the wedding, not having on the appropriate garment. Now, we know it because 20 said, in verse 13, a man must not lay with mankind as with womankind. Is that also abolished? No. That's repeated in the book of Romans. Hello? And we know all that do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Does abomination change with time? Abomination simply means what God hates. You mean God one day hated and love it tomorrow? No. If God hated yesterday, He hates it today. And tomorrow, God hates it still the same. Am I correct? Now, so we see, when Old Testament references are made in the New Testament, it's not abolished. It's still applicable for Christians to pay attention to. Now, you know the Old Testament is all about one nation, not many nations, one nation, the nation of Israel. And if you study the Bible, you see a parallel. Israel was in Egypt, the church is in the world. Israel was in bondage to Pharaoh, the church people were in bondage to the devil. Huh? Moses was their savior, Jesus is our savior. A lamb was slain in Egypt, Christ the Lamb was slain for us. Hello? See a parallel? Being drawn here. I'm not doing this in the Bible. And we know they were baptized in the Moses in the Red Sea. We were baptized in the Jesus Christ in the His blood sea. We were baptized in the cloud unto Moses. We were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hello? First Corinthians 10 tells us that very plainly. 
than they went into the wilderness. Amen. We're still in the world, but not the world. And the list goes on. And finally, they went to a promised land called Jerusalem. We're going to a new Jerusalem. There's the power right there. So you can't tell me that when I tell you that God requires this of you and me, you say to me, well, that's Old Testament teaching. You may be right and you may be wrong. Are you rightly dividing the word? I just said the straw of the word, rightly dividing. Dividing means no way it is applicable or it's not applicable. Now, based on the New Testament reference, Romans 7 describes the law of adultery. It still is applicable today. Adultery today is the same as back then. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10 warns us about, amen, apostasy of Israel. And he says, it's from my learning and my admonition. Paul wrote about the allegory of two ladies, Hagar and Sarah. Is that still applicable today? Most definitely in the Middle East and in the world. Is that right? Ishmael and Isaac are still in war. Is that right? Yes. All right. Now, are there 12 tribes of Israel today? Yes. Where are they at? In Jerusalem. Now, First Kings 14, tongues. It's tongues of the Old Testament or New Testament. Tower of Babel, God gave them what? Diverse tongues. Right? And God gave diverse tongues at Pentecost. Is that correct? First Corinthians 10, talk about idols. And we know, Leviticus 26 and verse 1, don't have idols. God said, do not have any form of idols. Standing or any kind is still applicable. And the list goes on. And James said, if you break one of God's Ten Commandments, you're guilty of breaking the whole thing. Why do we ask folks to repent? Because they broke God's commandment. If I haven't broken a commandment, why am I repenting? For what? Now, John defines sin. I'm going to ask you tonight, take a trip with me, to the nation of Israel. And once you understand the nation of Israel, then you can understand the letter to the church in Tyre, Tyre. Israel it was called the church in the wilderness. We are called the church in this present world. I'm going to tell you, everything happened to the nation of Israel is happening in the church. One hundred percent. The only difference between Israel and us, theirs is ethnic driven and ours is universal. All nations comprises of this church. Their church was simply national. Ours is international. When God brought them out of Egypt, like he brought you and me out of the world, they came out with Egyptian fashion. Hello? Earrings? Nose rings? You name the 
God pinned on them. They came out like Egyptian. The Bible says there was a mixed, what? Multitude. Is that correct? They came out like they were living in Egypt. That's how they lived. That's where they learned to make golden calf. That's where they learned all the sin and all those stuff. And the leeks and the garlics. Now, when they got converted, did God change them? No. God applied the laws to them? No. They came out under the grace of God. But grace did not change their murmuring. Grace didn't address their fornicating. Grace only saved them from Pharaoh. But not from the works of their flesh. Grace didn't save them from the idolatry. Until they came to Mount Sinai. Then God said, just a minute now, Moses, put a boundary around and tell those folks, don't come near to me because you're not clean. We are saved from our past. But right now I'm still being saved and hope to be saved when he comes. Understand the difference? <laughs> to be saved from the wrath to come. But I'm not in yet. I'm not yet in the promised land. Hello? But I'm on my way. And i got to meet him someday. Now here's Israel. God says, prepare Israel for two days. On the third day, I'm going to meet with them. And the first thing God tells tell them, wash their clothes. What kind of doctrine is that? Go wash your clothes, people. Have a, number two, don't come close to your husband or your wife. Stay away from it. And all these requirements. And on the third day, they were met. They met God. But the first thing they had to do was deal with outward appearance. How they met him. Had to wash their garments clean. Is that right? And also clean up their inner man and the outward man. And then Moses brought them to God. And still God said, don't bring them close because they're not clean. Don't put a thing around there. Hello? And then he said, now, you have ten requirements and stopped. He said, take back, Moses. Don't tell them to come close. After 40 days, Moses came back with more than that. He came back with a plumb line message. And a clothesline message. Plumb line means doctrine. Statues. Read Psalms 19. Laws and precepts. And also how to dress. Now let me tell you what was happening here. Israel is surrounded by nations. Like I showed you the circle. And here's what the seven nations were doing. And God said, Israel, you're not going to dress like them. You're not going to fellowship them. 
You're not going to eat what they eat. You're not going to eat what they do. Your laws are going to be diverse. And everything about you is going to be distinct from them. When I see you fall off, I can tell you are not one of the sevens. That you belong to Jehovah. Just by looking at you from a distance. No confusion. You could not mix fabrics. When you're in the field of business, I can tell you the difference. Your measure was different from theirs. Your currency was different. Your fabric was different. Your headdress was different. Your male and female had distinctiveness. Your laws of marriage was different. You were governed by moral codes. And when I see you, I want to make sure you're different. I sanctify you from all the people. So when you see an Israelite coming down, friend, you know they're different. Anybody know how you could tell an Ishmaelite? They had an earring. What's the world of today? Earrings. Both men and women have it. They're Ishmaelites. Where it came from? Did Hollywood start that? No. That was the trait of a what? Ishmaelite. Are we the first one to cut our flesh? No. It was happening before. Tattooing of your body was long being done in Egypt and elsewhere. Now, I want to show you something here, folks. We're going to study of Israel. Now, folks, if the Bible uses the terminology, I have a right to use it. Now, I don't care what you call political correctness. I'm going to use the term God used. Because you're not God. And you can't tell me I can't use those terms. God used it, I can. He created language. And he gave us the language. I'm going to use it like he did. He called Israel the church in the wilderness as long as she was living for him. When Israel was in the wilderness, Jeremiah 3.14 says, she was married to him. Put on the board, please. Make sure they can see it. He said, look, I am married to them. Jeremiah 3.14. Who's married to them? God. Jeremiah 3.132. Yahweh, God, says, I am her husband. What is he doing? Using marriage to represent his church in the Old Testament. Based on Adam and Eve. That's his wife. The church. Israel is his wife. At one point he divorced her. Is that true? Said he did. He wrote her about divorcement. I mean, he said, when did he marry to her? At Mount Sinai. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, you're being married to Jesus. If you don't marry, if you don't get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, oh, you may say you love Him, but you're not His, because you don't have His name. My wife took on my name when we got married. That's the covenant. The name is the covenant. The name give you rights. I heard down in Quebec today they passed a law that if you if you have common law is split up, you got no rights. 
Because you're not married. You got no covenant. You have no covenant. You have no rights. He says, Israel is my wife. I am her husband. Jeremiah 31, 32. Is that right? But it said she played the what? The harlot. Hello? And then he said to her in Hosea, those kids you have are not mine because you are running with another man. And they don't have my name and I will recognize them. Now church, that's what God is saying to Israel. Because over here it says, you were my wife, I'm your husband, and you're okay. But Malachi 2 says, but then you're playing the prostitute on me. I didn't mean that up. The Bible says that. Look at church, Malachi 2.11. So she played the prostitute on God. Here's what it means. Ezekiel 23 and verse 5, 19 and 44. Israel is no longer called his wife, but he says she played the harlot. Oh. She played the what? Jeremiah 5, 17 says, she is an adulterer. She committed adultery with the nations of the earth. Stay with me, folks. Jeremiah 3, 3 says, she played the whore. Hosea 2, 13. It goes on. Tell you what, what she played. She adorned herself with silver and gold. Now look what she put on, folks. It says she decked herself with earrings, jewelry, and went after her lovers. What are you trying to say now? She put on the apparel of a prostitute or a whore. I didn't make that up. God said that. God is trying to teach you and me how you feel about the nation of Israel. Huh? Who forsook him and turned to the nations of the world. Hello? And commit in his sight a violation of their covenant of relationship. And say, so here's how she did it. Here's how she decked herself. She burned incense to Thomas and the Queen of Heaven. Now, you won't find preachers preaching on TV or, or, or the congregation to do that. Because it's a problem, right? And that's how she adorned herself. Jeremiah 4.30. Look how she adorned herself. Jeremiah 4.30. With ornaments of gold. And look how she painted her face to make herself fair. Now, ladies, please, I'm not disrespecting your femininity or your gender. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. The figure of speech that God used against the nation of Israel, which explained why she is where she is today. He just walked out on her. They're not in relationship. Somebody else is in the bed with Israel. Not God. That's what God is saying. Now, so she painted her face. She decked herself with armament of gold. And crimson means red. She closed up with it. Now, church, I'm asking you to pay attention to Scripture. Because you're going to see the Old Testament is telling you how to interpret 
revelation. If I were you to write them down. Body painting. Ezekiel 23.40. She's decked with ornaments. Now these terms shows up again when God wrote to the seven churches. Three times I read his message to the seven churches. I'm against. I'm against you. I'm against you. I'm against you. Is he against Israel right here? Why is he against her? Was he against the guy with the, with the, without the wedding garment? Sure he was. You either have it on or you don't have it on. Now church, you only have one life to live. You only have one, one life to live. And you better live it right. Because once you miss that chance, there's no coming back. There's no reincarnation. So you need to know, what does God, how does God feel about this? He says, several times it says, I don't want painted eyes. I don't want you decked up Israel with ornaments. He said, that's only attract the wrong people. It's not an attraction of me. You're attracting what? Lovers. The Arabians. The Egyptians. The Zidonians. Hello? How many of you ever read the book of Kings? And Chronicles? Please do it again. And see what you find out. Read the book of Judges. And see what Israel did. See what Balaam told them to do. Balaam sent Israel down there to play the what? The whore. And God killed how many? A whole bunch. What did Aaron do with Israel, church? Sent her to a golden calf. And how was she? Naked. The first thing a person do when they leave God is strip himself naked. When you come to God, what does He do? He put on clothing on you and give back a right mind. The skimpier the clothing, the greater the temptation of the opposite sex to lust with his eye and commit adultery. The higher but gold the skirt go, the greater the temptation for the guy. Am I telling the truth? He says, Israel, skirt, Revealed it. Read Proverbs 7. And read the tie of a whore or a prostitute or, or a harlot. And sing, my people, that's not what I did with you. When I brought you out of Egypt, I took you from that. And I gave you a dress code. A wedding garment clothing. I clothe your priest with righteousness. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. I told the men ought to be men and the women ought to be women. Now, church, I'm going to tell you right now. I ask God, let me be nice to you and tell you the truth like it should be, but not send my soul to hell by withholding it from you. Body painting. Ezekiel 2340. And Anybody know how Tamar deceived Judah? Judah is the tribe through which Jesus came. His son died, and he did not give his 
other son, right? I think his name is Sheila, or, or to uh, Tamar. And so Tamar got angry, and Tamar tricked him. And Bible says Tamar, who knew better, took off her pure garment of a widow and put on the apparel of a whore, tire head, fix her hairstyle, decked out, and went and cowed him because she knew what he was doing. He was a bad boy. She knew that. And he went to bed with her, and she didn't know what he went to bed with because she disguised herself. Painted face. You see? Paint gives you a false face. It hides your identity. God is not interested in that. God wants to be true. Amen. He says, I hate every false thing. Hello. And now, church, stay with me. After he was through, she got pregnant. And they said, Judah, your daughter-in-law played the harlot. Because she has a baby and she has no husband. He says, burn her. He said, just a minute before you burn me. Explain this ring I have in my finger. And these earrings and all this that I have. And by the way, this staff, whose is it? Because he tricked me. <laughs> he said, I don't want your money. Give me those stuff he had. And when he saw it, he bowed his head and said, look, you're more righteous than me. I did the wrong thing. And he backed off. How do they know that Tamar play the whore the way she adorned herself. What God is saying is when Israel adorned herself from her head to her feet she attracted heathen nations to come. What did affect the Queen of Sheba? She heard rumors about the wisdom of Solomon. And the thing she noticed was the apparel of the people of God. Now, church, it's a long time since I preached to you like this. I wonder what you're thinking. But I love you. I don't want to deceive you. I have a right to tell you the truth. Because our life is on always, you know, before God. One day, we're going to come to Him. Ezekiel 23 and verse 17 and 19 tells us something about it. That nakedness was seen. Right? They are polluted, defiled with whoredom. Now, church, we know the nation of Israel is not a literal woman. I understand that. Just like Satan is not a literal what? Serpent. And Jesus is not a literal lamb. And don't go try to eat his body and say that's bread. <laughs> Please. You can't eat the man's flesh. You'd be a cannibal. But he says, eat it. Drink my blood. You're going to drain his blood? And no, come on, church. That's not what he's talking about. It's the, it's the message there. Now, I'm telling you, because God's going to tell you this. If you understand this between God and Israel, Israel wore the apparel of whoredom. Okay? The apparel of what? Whoredom. Now, 
I don't, you know, I'm a man, I'm a man, and I travel. And, you know, you can't help looking at legs. You see them. They're bringing up so you can see them. There's some story to go there. You can't help but looking at bosom. They're bulbing out. It's lo and behold. <laughs> and there's some splits all the way up to one inch from their privacy. And God intended that we covered certain parts of our body. He determined that. And when you don't, you offend him. That's why at his altar, you can't come to any way you feel like. Even the platform, you can't do it. Even worse up here. Hello? Yet we know religion does it. Remember the circle I draw to you? Remember the circle? No. It's not your job, church, and mine to go around and beat up other churches or beat up other people. I'm taking this for our, our admonition, for our learning, that we could say, God, as for me and my house, we're just not going to go that way. It's not my conviction, it's God's Word. I want to conform to the Scripture. I want to do you know, when you go on vacation, you can't leave God behind. They say, leave your religion at home. Maybe you can't leave religion, but you can't leave God at home. The reason why God put the Ark of the Covenant with staves is to teach us it goes with you. It goes what? With you. Let's worship God. Now, I have no desire to strip you of anything Except what God said, you should strip yourself. Israel was told, take off your earrings. Take off your rings. Your nose ring, your foot ring, your tongue ring, everything you got on. Because the golden calf. Where are they from? Egypt. Every picture you see of an Egyptian woman on the wall, what do you see them have on? Cut hair? Is that right? Is that right? And what? Decked up with ornaments? Is that true? Absolutely. And God said, you are not an Egyptian. I didn't make you that way. When God made Adam and Eve, she didn't have nothing put around her neck. When God married Adam and Eve, he didn't put a ring on their finger. It did not start with him. It didn't happen. It's where it came from. Now, I gave you a book to read last week. How many read it? The rest of you don't. That's like, I know you won't. See, God? God, look. Come on, show you again. God, I want God to see it. God, these are the ones that don't, don't listen to me. See them there, right there? I'm going to read it, and they didn't. My hands are clean. Don't come tell me sounds so sad later on. I gave you more than enough. You don't care? That's your problem. Some of you left it back there in the back room. I saw it. That's okay. Remember this. The king is coming. And you're going to count to him later on. It's called replacement theology. A girl called Jezebel, she came into the existence because a man married outside of God's plan. God told him, do not marry to the heathen. What did Balaam say? You can't crush those people. Here's how you do it. Let your boys marry their girls, and their girls marry your boys, and you're bound to kill them because God will get mad. 
the God is jealous. The book of Judges is exactly that. By the time it was over, they didn't know God from the devil. I believe it's not wise to put pants on your daughter because she's a little baby. You train that baby up from she is in the womb. When she comes out, she knows she's a girl. And he knows he's a boy. So he won't become effeminate and she'll become masculine. Hello. Hello. God does not want his women to look like whore or prostitute or harlots. And God does not want his men to be sodomites or effeminate. I lost you now. He wants the women to be holy. And the men to be holy. As he is holy. You've never read of an angel looking like a woman in the Bible. That's not from God. That's wrong teaching that. Now, folks, you see, replacement theology means in the churches, among our fellowship today, many of our own people are practicing Jezebel's influence. She was, she was insisting on changing Israel. And their people can walk through this door and change this church. If you let them. Even your own family can come in your home and change your home. If you don't have a stand to take. Remember now, they won't, she won't change for Jehovah, but Jehovah's changed for her. It doesn't work with God. He says, I'm the Lord, I changeth not. Now, Yahweh was replaced by a golden calf. Who did that? Aaron. They gave the credit. They gave the credit. They gave the credit to who? The calf. Look who brought you out of Egypt. That's a lie. That is a lie. Aaron lied. And what they were doing? Having a party. They were dancing. Is that right? And coming adultery. Where were they from? Egypt. Hello. The next thing we see from that, it continued. Jeroboam came and did the same thing. Split Israel and gave him a golden calf. And told him it's too far to go worship. Like you don't. Too much law. Too much law. You don't need no law. They'll be free. Stay over here. It's easy over here. And men, the lowest quality was in the priesthood. They threw out the right thing. And so Jeroboam opened the door for Jezebel to come. And when Jeroboam left, you know who showed up? A Zidonian girl. You know her name was? Jezebel. She married to Ahab. Ahab knew it's wrong, but Ahab still do it anyway. Interfaith marriage. He married this girl. And she don't believe in one God. She don't believe in the dress code. She don't believe in the dietary laws. She just will violate it all. And church, she practiced temple prostitution. That means a lot of men were attracted to her. So the entire ministry of God's men turned over to her. She was a temple prostitute. That's what she pushed. 
and all the men, when you read about Baal 450, you're not talking about Gentile now. These are all what? Israelites that she reconverted to her Zidonian religion and now they fear God but they worship Baal to the point when Elijah challenged them they didn't know the difference between Jehovah and Baal does your little girls and boys know the difference between the oneness of God and Trinity I wonder do they really care what baptism they are baptized with sprinkled or poured or immersed does it really matter how do you put on Jesus well Jezebel she replaced God with Baal she replaced the spirit of God with witchcraft and they worship the queen of heaven Monday Mary Amen and baby Tabas and Cinnaramus she did brought in there and they served Baal and killed those who opposed it can you imagine Sodomites among the Benjamites can anybody believe that a violation of Leviticus a priest hung himself out for earrings it's in the Bible now if you understand this you can understand the problem with Tyra Tyra hello and so they served Baal in Judges 2 in verse 11 and 13 tell the served Baal and made men the lowest quality instead of Belial's daughters of Belial that's why Anna said don't count me as one of those girls I'm not one of them but a backslidden priest couldn't tell the difference because boys were just as bad as <laughs> that one girl was hello son of Belial daughters of Belial son of Sceva Simon the sorcerer they came from the same system now church your kids need to be taught our laws are diverse. And they shouldn't be embarrassed to do what's right. They should be proud. And you should support it. And stand with them. And your girl should tell you, daughter, don't, don't, don't say, well, Pastor, you see you shouldn't wear a pants. You're a liar. I didn't say that. The Bible said they shouldn't. Don't you lie on me. Well, we can't wear jewels. I didn't say that. God said that. I didn't say it. Don't you lie on me. I said nothing. I just preached what's in the book. Tell them the truth. All right? And they, they forsook the fountain and went to sister. What's well, so I said? Your church won't grow. Well, too bad. You and God told Abraham tell his servant, if she won't come up to him, don't bring my son down to them. Not one of us are going to go to heaven together. You won't be done. You're going to leave this world one by one. 
Ain't going to face Jesus one by one. So no matter what she were or he wears, you'd be right. <laughs> when your turn comes, you get in. Hello? When he come and inspect the garment, make sure you've got the wedding garment on. And not some strange apparel. Now, folks, I hope you're capturing these scriptures because I took the time to do this for you. But if you don't, your blood be on your own hands because you need to know it for yourself. Go and study to get your own conviction in your heart. Now, here's Christ and his church. Hello? I ask these questions because I've asked them. Can a child of God be joined to a harlot? 1 Corinthians 6, 15 to 20. Now, who are you calling harlot? I wouldn't dare call any woman that or any man that. He's talking about churches, a religion, organization. Nobody can sue me and say, well, you call me a harlot. I don't, I don't know that. How can I call you that? I don't know that. We're talking about in the religious organizational system. Huh? He said, look, if you violate First Corinthians 6, 15 to 20 with your body, then you know what you're doing? You become a member of that harlot. I'm going to tell you what he's talking about here. Who is the harlot he's talking about? I'm going to tell you, it's the one in Revelation he's talking about. It's separation from the world and the system. Optional. Is that under the law? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 20 to 21 says, not so. It says, it's written for your learning and your admonition. Do we tempt Christ then? 1 Corinthians 10, 1, 20. Read it again for yourself. It says, no, you better not do it like they did. Because they were destroyed by serpents and by the destroyer. Can we be unequally yoked together with unbeliever? Does everybody who commits to die a Christian? Are they Christian? How do I know that? Because Joasaphat and Ahab had that kind of discussion. Is that true? Oh, I'm a king, we're all king together, we're all brothers. Let's go to Ramoth Gilead. And Micah says, no. And the 450 says, go. So guess what? The gold church had it. The no church lost it. <laughs> but he died. <laughs> like a fool died. Because Micah was right. You cannot give anybody the right hand of fellowship if they don't believe the whole doctrine. Partial truth is just as dangerous as no truth. <laughs> all or nothing. He's Lord over all or not Lord at all. He can't just be Savior. He's got to be their Lord and Master. <laughs> all right? Now, chapter 6, and verse 4 to 18, the Corinthians. I cannot be on the equal yoke together. It's come out from among them be separate. Have no fellowship with them. Now with what? Are we separatists? Are we better than other people? No. No. He's not talking about the people of the world. Even in religion. 
a brother drunkard, don't fellowship him. But you got brothers in the flesh of the world, you don't avoid them, you're with them. The difference. Hello. All right, number five. Is dress code biblical? Absolutely still is. You say, well, I don't have the law. Yes, the law of liberty. But don't use liberty for a cloak of sin. First Timothy 2, 9 to 11. The Bible mentioned it, that must be important. If it's in the book, it's important. You want to explain the way? You go ahead. Church, I'm going to teach you this. Never debate standard with anybody. Let the blind lead the blind, the book on the ditch. You can teach our weakness, but do not debate. Because he who is persuaded against his opinion, or against his will, is of his opinion still. You know, a wife and husband have real intimacy, but for a whore or a prostitute, it's just a duty. There's no love involved. And Christ said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And my commandments are easy. They're not grievous. Am I telling the truth? I can't protect you in other way than tell you the truth. But you got to live it. I can't live it for you. I can't live for my wife. It's up to her. It's up to her. My mom died without her, my husband, my, her husband being there and vice versa. We're going to stand alone before Christ. And I want God to say, I have this against you, sir. You don't have the wedding garment on. Out. <laughs> Hello. All right. Does it matter what fashion I follow? Absolutely. First Peter 3, 1 and 6 tells you that. That women of old, here's how they dress. So your, your model and example is not Jezebel. It's not Adaliah. Hello? It's not Herodias. God says Sarah is. Without the Sarah dress. Go find out. Hello? First Peter 3, 1 and 6. Word like modest, shamefacedness, not lasciviousness, not evil concupiscence. What's the word mean? Church, look them up. They're not archaic words. They're real words. These translators are going to give you a perversion, not a new version Bible. Stay with the book. Is ornament okay in the church, saints? Head and body and so on? My friend, why does hanging on your ears hang on your lip too? And now they're doing that too anyway. They staple their lip and other parts of their body. They're dishonoring their body. Hello? They can't go no more through a, a metal detector. They go off. Beep. 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 Hello? Amen. Look, church. First Peter 3 and verse 4 says, Don't wear the ornament. It's of a meek and quiet spirit. Now, church, if a girl walking here, you know, with skimpy skirt and her legs, and her legs have these snaky, snaky stocking. Let's face it, I don't care how old you are, you got to look at least once. If you don't, I think you're blind. We men have problems. We just automatically gravitate down the We want to see it. Just. Oh! So I said, no evil thing before my eyes. 
But guess what? If it's everywhere, what are you going to do? Called the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Now, that poor girl may not mean nothing to me and to herself. I, I don't think most of those girls know it's at effect. Because I go to restaurants and see and buy, and those girls have to demean themselves to get the job. And the only other guy I did that to them is to bring more men in that store. And they're being used as cheese. It's not fair to those girls. That's why I should stay in school and get a good education. Because more porn girls are girls without education, but a lot of looks. Hello. Oh, my, I lost you now. I should have said that. I'm sorry I said that. I backed off, please. <laughs> Don't sue me, please. All right. The Lord is about us, they said. James 1.25. Is it really about us, church? James said, no. The law of liberty, you look into it, don't forget what you saw there. The law of God is, look at them, folks. Amen. Look at them right there. You're forgetful here. Amen. Amen. You know, these became the people where, look, it's amazing. A lady walking downtown, she's, she's a nice lady, she's gracious. And the wind came and tore it and lifted up her skirt, and she went, oh. That same lady, when the sun starts shining, will go across the park. Take off that same dress she puts down. Paint that underwear green and yellow. And lay in the sun and say, it's okay to expose myself because, you know, it's green. It's yellow. Just the color divine modesty. Next time the wind blows up, let's go. Y'all may see. Is holiness legalism? First Peter three five says no. Second Peter one twenty one says no. John said they went out from us, but they were not of us. Church, I don't feel I'm in bondage to God. I don't feel that way. Do you feel that way? You know what bondage is? When I was hooking nicotine. You know about this? When I'm hooking dope. You know about this? When you're hooking crack. You know about this? Amen? When you're forcing the prostitution and being beaten up. But I choose to obey God. I don't want just about to influence my daughter. And I don't need no paint when I came out of that body of that mother. There's no paint on my face. The war is over. <laughs> One guy came in and told me off badly. He said, you will never have a church. I said, fine. Next. Next time I saw him, he started pastoring. He said, oh, those people are so worthy. I said, what did you say? Did I hear you say worthy? Okay, welcome to the club. Occupation hazard. Shooting the messenger. No church. No kids should grow up and be confused whether a boy or a girl. God has had a long time ago. At conception is decided. Because your mind is warped don't mean your body is warped too. God made you perfect. 
Let's praise Him. Now, church, this should be our, our standard here. Now, I can't do it all today. You know, there's lots more to come. And next time I won't tell you what date because you might not show up in church. But I'll, <laughs> but I'll tell you right now. Look, folks. If you love me, Jesus says, you know what? Keep my commandments. Teaching them, you and me, apostles should, to observe what I command you. How can anybody go to Peter's writing and Paul's writing? It's twice written. Anything written twice is established. And God established how you should. Amen? Have the length of your hair, the style of your hair. You don't believe that? Oh, yes. Told even the priest that. Don't suffer your locks to grow long. Pull it. God says that. Woman, don't cut your short hair. Leave it alone. Man, don't keep it long. God's taking it. It's time your hair. Type of adorning. Mm. Fashion of your dress. He does tell you. He does. Maybe you need a concordance. Did that don't work by a computer? Hopefully, KJV is still there. The kind of apparel to wear. My Lord, if we can see right through your dress, why even bother? Be original. <laughs> Come on, folks. Differences of gender. The clothing is different. Men don't wear blouse. Hello? And there's lawful union and unlawful union for us. Now, if I was a new convert and tell me all this, you think I'd for God? I said, forget it. I said, forget it. I sure would. You know why? Because I'm carnal. I'm not subject to the laws of God. But I'm talking to you, church, the people of God, to whom he gave power to live this thing. Praise God. What to wear? You know, it's not right that you ladies can wear my pants, but I can't wear your dress to come to church. It's not right. So let's, let, let me have a swap here. I've got, got a dress room back here. I'll put your dress on put my pants on. Oh, Pastor Neil, this is going to go on YouTube. <laughs> on Twitters and Jitters. Pastor Neil, the dress. Oh, look at those ugly knees. <laughs> Not very impressive. And it's true. Some folks would start out, you know, they shouldn't have gone that far. My God, they're so flat themselves. <laughs> Life left them a long time ago. But we've got a model to follow. God says, Whose faith follow? So whose dress code follow? Not Jezebel, right? Because when I say Jezebel, what come to mind? Painted face, painted lips. Hello? And this goes on, folks. Now, what to fellowship? Now, we as the espoused church do those things. 
But if you don't plan to be in the wedding, forget it. You don't have to. You know, I had to convince the pastor to baptize me in Jesus' name. He wasn't going to do it. He said, you're not ready. I said, I'm ready. <laughs> so you're not ready. I personally think if I didn't do it then, I wouldn't do it any time after. I just knew I wouldn't come back. And they would have stalled me in time. But thank God I, I persevered. And I came through. And I'm glad I did. But when I came in church, I had to change my clothing. Hello? Now we married to Christ. Now God said to show you this. He told me to talk to you. Now, folks, I don't always tell you this, God says, because I don't even think I'm so spiritual, because I'm not. Promise me, my wife can tell you I'm not spiritual. She knows, she lives with me, I'm not spiritual. Look, we're spouse to Christ. So we keep her here. And, and all these things here, those ten things, because we want to attract Jesus. Hello? My wife don't buy clothes to attract other men. And this church doesn't attract other gods. She better not attract other men. Hello? Now, I didn't buy that beautiful, beautiful red shirt for to go wear for some other guy. No, I got a problem with my wife. She got some china at home. We haven't used it yet. It's ready for me to die before she uses it. <laughs> I, I tend to, plan, to change all that. I use it tomorrow to get home. We them all. Mess them all up, Brother Marlon. We will keep those for it. Get those blankets out there, man. Put that bed now and lay on it. <laughs> Why not shoot up and say, come on, man, I'm alive. <laughs> I guess I'm bold. You guys are the coward. You can't say it. I can say it. I got the mic. <laughs> anyway, no jewelry, no paint, no street apparel. I noticed on the lady in chapter 19 of the church, Please do me a favor. Compare the lady in chapter 19 to chapter 17 of Revelation. Please, church, do me a favor. Get your Bible out, please. This is where I really want to take you. I was I take it a long route. It's a long winded, you know, but I, I finally get there eventually. Church, you know, one day Pastor you won't be here. going to be dead and gone to everybody else. But what will you do with this church, church? What are you going to do with it? Will you still believe this one Lord one faith one baptism come here son you yeah come here yeah you can right <laughs> will he still preach what I believe uh, do you believe anyway do you believe it you sure what do you believe I'm a teasing number one. All right, thank you. Now, church, look, I noticed this that she had no jewelry on, no paint, no street apparel, just simple white raiment. And she was in agreement with Scripture. In chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, Revelation, she was undefiled in white raiment. In chapter 3, verse 18, she was not naked, she was in white linen 
raiment. And again, I see again in chapter 19 and verse 7 9, shows it fine white linen. That tells me something. That tells me something. If I was downtown tonight and diggers closed down and the church closed down and the women and the men from this church stepped out in the hall and were all in the same room, if I couldn't pick out Jehovah's worshippers, I'm in trouble. Gee, who said that? Let all Jehovah's workers come out. Don't leave one behind. Now, church, what were they looking for? Ezekiel chapter 9 says, And God put an inkhorn mark on their forehead. Now, a whore's forehead is one who said, What have I done wrong? There's nothing wrong. Any man having problems with women, read chapter 7 of Proverbs. It tells you very plainly, you are heading for a ditch you will never get out of. And she slew a lot of men. Silly men. I read of silly women, but there are silly men too. And I used to be one of them. (laughs) But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Church, what's the difference, folks? Look, church, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I'm hurrying to hand the clothes here. The whore and the harlot. Now, I'm not calling call no, no religious names around here because I don't want to pick on anybody in particular. You judge. The well-favored harlot and her kids and the lamb's wife and her children. John says, in this is manifest the children of God and the children of the devil. Know what it says? Am I seeing that? Look, it's a comparison now. We see the whore dressed in red dress, a symbol of sin. Red means sin. By the way, sin is not black. Sin is red. In Revelation 17 and verse 4, the Lamb's wife is in white raiment. Chapter 19 and verse 8, the Revelation. Secondly, the devil's cup is in her hand. 1 Corinthians 10, 21. Compare to 1 Corinthians 10, 16, the cup of blessing in the hand of the church. In Revelation 17, 5, the great whore, she's in verse 17, verse 5, she's abominable. In chapter 19 and verse 8, the church is righteous. Church, can you see the difference? What's following me? The great whore and her harlots, in chapter 7, verse 2, is adulterer and a fornicator. But in chapter 14, verse 1 to 5, and chapter 19, we see the church is undefiled, still a virgin. Now, church, you can't convince me that we're not in the truth. I think you should hug yourself and thank God you're in the truth. Because, church, I know you guys don't have these problems I'm talking about. I know you guys don't have those problems. And I commend you for that. But that does not mean I should talk to you about it. 
All right, number six. She's with the beast in chapter 17 and verse 7 to 8, the great horn of hearts. But in chapter 19, verse 7, the wife is with the lamb. So the harlot says, it's okay. Seven women can take hold of one man. But the bride said, oh no. As possible to one man. The man Christ Jesus. Number seven. She's drunk. <laughs> With the wrong stuff, by the way. Chapter 17, verse 6. But the Ephesian church is told. Be not drunk with wine. Where is what? Excess. We just don't drink wine. I don't take communion with strong drink. I don't care what church does it. I ain't going to do it. Because nothing that ferment can represent the body of Jesus. Not leaven. Leaven cannot represent Jesus Christ. And sour wine or strong drink is not the body of Jesus Christ's blood. No way. It says fruit of the vine. Hello. Can you imagine an alcoholic coming in church and got triggered by me in Lord's communion? That's wrong. It's wrong. Anyway, most guys who take communion with strong drink, I heard eventually, they fall for it. All right. It says filth. She's full of filth. It's in chapter 17, 18. But it says the true church is pure and holy. First John 3 and verse 3. I'm coming to a close. Now, church, I'm not done. And I'm just got lots more of an offer tonight. Look at this, folks, very carefully. I said, top church, tabernacle priesters, please. Here's the church model to look at. You don't want to be like Revelation 2.20 because God says, I'm against that girl. Amen. I'm against her. She's a prostitute. That church is. Messing around with girls who are like that. They tolerate her. You are not to tolerate it. Worshiping Baal. Ahab tolerate what? Jezebel. Jehoshaphat tolerate what? Ahab. Wrong. They're both wrong. Elijah says No. And she chased him, right? To try to seduce Jehu with her painted face. What he said, throw her down. <laughs> That's where she belonged. Throw her down. Amen? Now, the church does not want to be like the woman in chapter 11, verse 8 of Revelation, or chapter 12 and verse 1 to 4. Now, God called Jerusalem Sodom. Now, church, why would he call it that? You think, I won't, I won't bother you tonight, but you think, why would I call Jerusalem Sodom? And the Benjamites were Sodomites. Is that right? And they raped that woman. Did they not? Did they not? And who did Josiah have to move out of Israel from Baal's room? Sodomites. And they're still in Israel. But they're in churches today, behind the pulpit. Behind the pulpit, lesbians, gays, singing to Jesus. Huh? Is he the minister of sin? No. Sodomites, 
the woman, number 12, we're going to be like her. Notice in both cases, they burn. They burn her. Because even Jehu himself became an old worshiper himself. Did he not? Did he not? He did. So, he went to try another evil. Now, the mother of Harlot, the great whore, chapter 17 and 18 of Revelation, who she worshiped? The beast. See? Romans, heretics, Israel, apostate, and Jezebel religion in, in one is Pentecostal, paganism. Dressed up as Christianity. We've got preachers today, they don't want to tell the truth because it's their livelihood. They live on it. The way some of you look at me, you wish me dead, sorry I'm not going to die yet, I'm not ready. And keep on living. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I said, praise the Lord. We're going to live for God. We want the truth. We want our kids end up in heaven. Not in the arms of some devil. Come on, somebody. Now, chapter 19, Revelation. Come to close. I'm hurrying up here. We read the Lamb's wife. In both cases, she's a virgin. In chapter 14, Revelation, she's a virgin. In chapter 19, she's a virgin, Revelation. In St. Corinthians 11, she's a virgin. It will always be that way. Untouched. Virgin means untouched. Not defiled. Amen. And so, as an espoused church, church, we must have modest apparel. God govern the length of our hair. Hey? Length of your dress. Mm-hmm. The fashion of your dress, no split, no church split or skirt split of any kind. All split I want is cloven tongues. That's the fire, is that right? Ooh, I lost you know. Get the needle of Dorcas and start sewing up the splits. We need Dorcas ministry around here. Ooh, come on up, Pentecostals. Hello? Kind of apparel. Ben, make sure you have the right shirt, not a blouse. Women, don't wear those. We're going to sleep in pajamas. I wouldn't do that, friend. You're too close to death. I don't think you heard me. I'd hate to be a woman and then die in a pajama. God said, goodbye, you abominable thing. You think God don't know the difference? Whether you were in your bed or on the street, it's still abomination. Just mean in one you're standing in abomination, this one you're laying in the abomination, but still abomination. I mean, the difference is what the position is. It's still abominable. Ooh. Hello. Well, Pastor, I can't ride horses, then quit riding horses. Well, I can't ride motorcycle, then quit. Start walking. Better go to heaven, sanctified. Amen. Thank God, motorcycle go to hell. Amen. No unisex. No effeminacy. Hallelujah. Oh, some guy buys some boots. I went up there, man. Lord Jesus, I can't walk up there. Have mercy, Jesus. Have mercy. Hello. No nakedness, no fashion, no purity. 
Lord, I want to finish. Okay, this last one here. Top church. I don't want you folks. I don't want to go to hell with the devil. I hate him. He hurts me long enough. He caused all the grief. He hurt my family. And I want to see him dead. <laughs> I'm not going to bed with him. No way. All right, we choose to obey God than man. If Pastor come tomorrow and preach anything different, say no. Say no. Follow the apostles and not the apostate. By the way, the book of Acts is the book of the apostles. Jude is about the apostates. All right? We want to conform to modesty of the Old Testament than the fashion of the new culture, new custom, new religion. No such thing. Let's stand. Let's live holy. Let's live holy. What's holy? It says, holy men of hold. Spake as the movement by the Holy Ghost. And holy women of hold. Dressed different. We don't want a new age. Infidelity. Praise God. The top church. We are not going to move the ancient landmarks. We don't want to give these kids any problem. America is worrying about giving to her kids deficit. I'm worried about giving to the kids false doctrine. Yeah. I'm not worried about the pollution of the earth. I'm worried about the pollution of the soul. Hello. The apostles and the prophet. We want to follow them. Holy women of old. Praise God. They dress a certain way. Godly men like Elijah. Praise God. All right? There's law of liberty. There's a scripture. Bible standard. And it goes on church. No, church, you know, I don't want to be mean-spirited. No. What for? I'm trying to teach you the truth. It's in the book. It's the whole counsel of God. Lasciviousness means immoral, indecent, dress code. Concupiscence simply means sensual, physical attraction. Hello? Hello? And modest means unassuming, not indecent in appearance. It's proper. Shamefacedness simply means extremely modest, shy, feminine, blameless. Broader hair means, now folks, I'm going to be on... Walking on ice now, or in water, I'm not sure what it is. I don't know why these ladies spend so much money and so much time and the fine twine hair. I'd rather they wear fine twine linen than fine twine hair. Church, don't bring it here. Don't start it. Ooh. Don't do it. Because in the Bible, it's linked with demonism, broided to attract attention, admiration. It's a characteristic of harlotry in the Old Testament. Sobriety means not excessive, refraining, moderation, plating was. Involved 
in immodesty. I'm trying to tell somebody tonight, do not let it happen to you. But say amen. But say amen. Amen. Now, ladies, you don't have to listen to me, but in my Bible, God little men don't wear earrings, nose ring, jewelry ring, chain, bracelet, anchor ring, necklaces. Amen. Adorn and all that stuff. You know, church, why do it? I'm going to ask you, sit in the car, please. I, we've been married for how long, sister? Quite some time. They asked us today. And what you told them? 38 years. 38 years. We don't have the ring. That's why I got so much money. I'd have to buy her one. I'm so blessed to go on a cruise and they're buying jewelries. I have to come out and let's go. You don't need it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But church, but if a person in the world want to wear it, that's their prerogative. But it's a me and her. We ain't going to do it. Just in case. Just in case. God said, I'm against it. Because their scripture says, I'm against it. I said to somebody, Adam and Eve didn't do it. And I said, why not this, why not this finger? They tell, me, they tell me, this one go right to your heart. Is that true? No. I'm testing her nozzle in biology. She doesn't know it. I'm going to teach her. What on this hand? Eh? Is that hardest right here? Yeah. On the left. Okay. So this is this little finger to the left? I like this finger then. Come on. But what if she loses finger? Ah. So I, I capture her heart. Now, how many got my new books on this? Hand those books around if there's any left over in my office. Who don't have a book for me yet? One, two, okay. I want you to read, guys. I'm going to blow you away now. And when you come back, don't stone me. Because it's a good book. If you ever learn what it means. And I say to people, your job, church, is not to go out there and straighten the world. It's to live the word. And let people what? See Christ in you. And they will ask you concerning the hope. And don't say, Pastor Neil says, because I didn't say anything. I only preach the word. If this is good, give a hand clap. Now, when I, if I get to church, I just tell my sister, look, you're crazy. You got a guy down to tell you how to live. Come on, you guys are weak minded. Da, 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 da. I used to say that. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Be honest. I used to say that. I just find thought, who's that guy to tell you what to do? You guys are dumb. You guys are weak minded, man. Da, 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 da. And guess what? I'm preaching it now. <laughs> so I've been caught. I've been caught in the net. But you know what? Eventually, people will see.
And, it, and if they don't see it, folks, because you see it, you should not step backwards. Because God gave you knowledge. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad God touched my heart because I don't want to be lost. I want to be saved. Is it, is it a life or death issue? I said, that guy didn't put wedding garment on, and he was locked out. Are there any questions on this side? No question? I don't believe you guys, but it's not about, I'll let you go. And on this side? I was teasing. On this side? Can you imagine that? The question is, the best way to do it, the best way is this. Is this a man's clothing or is it a female clothing? Sorry? No, but, but, no, God. But men wear, men wear a robe and women wear what looks like a robe. Right? But one is a gown and one is a robe. Now, what I'm trying to say, guys, I don't want you to go around and walk in eggshells. You gonna have to pray and find the mind of God. Blessed is the man who's not condemned. In the thing that he what? Allow it. Now, I know it's a dangerous statement. But I'm not going to, ladies, I'm not going to walk around and, and try to judge your leg. Hey, is that right? Forget it. Yeah, I'll come to you. <laughs> oh, there's no white lie. There's all lies. <laughs> 
a pants, a pants under the ladies look, a pants, a pants under the skirt. Now, can a man put that pants on? That's not a pants. I'll tell a story. I'll tell a story. This missionary told a story. They took to Pakistan or India, one of them, some clothing, not very clothing, and when that clothing is now, among them was pantyhose. And the man whose wife and him received some clothing, he liked those pantyhose. <laughs> and he came to church. He came to a big conference wearing the pants. <laughs> and this actually happened. And sat the front and top of the platform and crossed the leg. <laughs> I want to tell you, folks, I'm not here. I'll ask you to is what is your attitude toward the scripture? What is your attitude toward scripture? Is it deal? That's my point. Ladies, I, I'm not your judge. I refuse to be one. I'm asking you to judge yourself. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why? Now, if it, if, if it confuses others, and you call it not a sister to stumble, then you are carrying that person's sin. So, I'm trying to be careful what you're saying, what you're doing to that person. Now, some things are not, what's it, brother? Some things are not sinful, but it can become because others are stumbled. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. That's my next study coming up. For sister. I got pastors who go to those games and agree with them. I will not go. That's their church and that's them. My house. Me and my house. Sir. No, you're... Oh, definitely. Because in the seven churches... I'm being tired, tired, because what God impressed me on is, is the dress code. When you have a move of God, you understand the knowledge of God is not the same for everybody. When they first come to the Lord. But later on, if we become a, a, a member of his body, then we have to be conforming to him. So it's teaching, by teaching. 
And what may happen is, here's what happened to the, you know, Peter carried a sword for three and a half years. And he knows God didn't take it from him. They said to him, when you converted Peter, feed my sheep. You know, those guys were not converted. If you check it out, they were, they were pretty indifferent men to the Lord. But he waited. He waited on them because he knew that they were not ready. You understand that? But he was merciful to unrighteousness. He was so merciful that the Pharisees really believed that Jesus was a compromiser. Jesus died because they thought he compromised. He wouldn't stone the woman. He tell people go, and when it says kill, he wouldn't do it. He says, "I came not to do that." So he came to be merciful to them, right? But there's a difference between apostasy and rebellion. So the problem that people have, because if, if a guy don't obviously see it. You wait on them. I know in England, a lot of folks were trained Terran, and the church where my mom was, they were very tolerant. And all those guys got converted to oneness. Now, in other movement, there's no way it would happen. They'd be out <laughs> because of the approach would be different. If, if they join a lodge, there's a lot of do's and don'ts. Is that right? A lot of do's and don'ts. And they're sworn to secrecy. And if they cross the mark for him, they pay. So they have nothing on us. Really. And they go to a job. When I was first employed, they gave me a policy book. <laughs> and for a while, they forgave me for a while. But after a while, they put the law down. I couldn't cross it, right? I could not leave one plant site and go to the other site. They'd fire you. Now, if I knew, they'd tolerate me for a little while. But after a while, this is no way. So, my, my, my whole purpose tonight is to tell this church, the guys, don't follow others who said, it's for the old, not for the new. That's a license to sin. And, God, and look, and a thing may not be sin. My friend Raymond should always say this. He said, motorcycles, nothing wrong with that. But where I live, it's a gang. And I forbid my folks to ride it. But up here it's not a sin. Ride all you want to. I'm going to stay at that. You know, so there's regional problems here. And, and, and we have to, like for your child, you got to give your child guidelines. Right, so ladies, I don't want you and men. I'm not speaking directly off you, nor apologizing to you either. I'm saying you better know what the Bible says, because I got ministers' friends who I have to tell them, no, I'm not going to do this. I ain't going with you. No, I don't care what they think. That's my position. Now, am I going to condemn them? <laughs> That's they used to do it. It's more than bother me. It bothers me. And I'm not going to do it. Can it bother me? Then to me it's a sin. Because it's not a faith. So, 
Any more questions on this side? Go ahead, son. Good point. Where do you get that from? Man, who set you up? <laughs> well, I've seen guys preaching as jewelry, and while I was preaching when I was a new convert, his teeth is showing gold to your hair. And I thought, man, look in your mouth. Look in your mouth. <laughs> You're preaching, look in your mouth. It's right there. <laughs> Drink at me. <laughs> and then you got some with wash, you like? That's right. Thousands of dollars he's preaching. Is it the gold? I believe God put them there because of the principle behind it. Because nowhere has more jewelry than the New Jerusalem. And the high priest, he was covered in it. What's God trying to tell us here? He, if we are copying a system, he says, the things of the world. Well, who made the thing of the world? He did. Okay? That guy didn't make it. But what is he doing with it? Right? The thing on the rod, the snake, was a what? For healing. What did they end up doing? Worshiping it. What? You're going crazy. I understand that. So, church, this is where you got to be careful here. Don't be extremist. Ladies, if you're cold, I will not tell you to go freeze to death. I'm not going to put on pants either. My wife, you know, we were Caribbeans, and she's never put anything on that. You know, ask her what she does. Ask her privacy, she'll probably tell you. But is she the standard? No. Are you going to follow her? Probably safe. But if you're... If, if she's wrong, you're both wrong. <laughs> now, watch your good point. You know, look at mine right here. Is this wrong? Is this gold? But if you buy me one, I'll take it. <laughs> you want to buy me one? <laughs> good point he has. 